Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, the Eternals movie has undergone a name change. And this is our final week taking entries to win a copy of Marvel's The Avengers game, coming out September 4th. Also, I guess we can talk about some DC stuff. They had a lot of good content this past Don't, week, sure. Oh, sounds so sad about it. You know you're excited. Okay, I'm a little bit excited. <laughs> All that right at this ad we have no control over. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, how you doing, buddy? I am so sad that the only news that we have is bullshit news <laughs> yeah we have we have one very small piece of news and it is maybe the smallest piece of marvel news this is definitely the lightest marvel news week we've ever had this marvel news is a three letter change <laughs> three characters is all that has changed four characters they took out the space uh, yeah, sure they took out the space <laughs> so the eternals movie has been changed to Eternals. It's now from the Eternals to Eternals. And talk about newsworthy. Right? That's pretty <laughs> intense. Uh, yeah. So the the rebranding, uh, apparently, like it's an official, like it was announced or whatever. It's, it's renamed from the Eternals to just Eternals. There was no reason given along with the announcement, but it is in line with what uh, Disney and Marvel have uh, kind of rebranded the the new comics run of eternals for like the the name of the comic line that's that's going to be coming out soon um that a recent trailer was dropped for so you know obviously marketing alignment and whatnot was the the goal there yeah it has no real bearing on anything no so that's all we're going to talk about it but you know don't be going around saying the eternals you'll sound like a f***ing idiot <laughs> Uh, sorry 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 no it's good use of the f-bomb yeah i feel like we try to keep it to like one or so f-bombs a week i feel like that's a good one it's a very appropriate use yep yep (laughs) it had the right amount of um the right amount of sarcasm and cynicism on it (laughs) yeah that's really all the marvel news yeah, it was a really heavy DC weekend. I mean, I guess the DC Fandome event. Exactly. So we're going to we're gonna dive into that a little bit and just kind of see what our favorite stuff and stuff that we're either excited about or more like in Jeff's uh, mind, maybe maybe there's some things we, he's not excited about. What do you think? 
<laughs> but uh, before we before we get into all that, uh, let let's just say this is the final week to sign up uh, for the Avengers video game contest and the way you sign up for it is to give us a review so if you do a review on the on apple podcasts or any other service that allows reviews uh just put a review in the podcatcher and we will uh enter you in to win a t-shirt this week we're gonna give a t-shirt and then anyone who's done one of these t-shirt giveaways for the last few months we're gonna do one big like random number generator and drop a free a copy of the avengers video game which we're gonna give away on like tuesday ish of this next week yeah so you don't have much time it's basically our next episode that that we drop uh is going to be the giveaway episode where we announce the name yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of reviews, people, uh, we have two, actually two people wrote in about this, asking us about reviews and the ability to review if you don't have Apple iTunes. Um, if you don't have Apple iTunes, we will accept a review on any other service uh, because that any of those helps us in whatever algorithm they're in. Uh, but I don't know what services those are. So if you guys would do me a favor, this is for those of you who have a podcatchers that allow you to review us will you shoot me an email and tell me what those podcatchers are and i'm going to make a database on our um strandedpanda.com slash mcu cast you'll be able to click through and find all the places to review us and i've been meaning to do that but honestly there's a lot of podcatchers out there and i just have no idea which ones do it so if you are working in a podcatcher right now that allows you to do reviews Give us a five-star review, screenshot it, send it to us at mcucast at gmail.com, and let me know what uh, podcatcher you use. That way I can tell everyone else. They can also review us. Yeah, because let us know. A lot. And if uh, nothing else, I mean, you can do it the way that I do it, because I have an Android phone, and I don't have Apple iTunes, but I have the iTunes uh, program on my desktop, on my computer. and you still do that? I thought for some reason I heard you couldn't do that anymore. Is that still a thing? I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Well, yeah. Get, go, go download iTunes on anything you got then. That's neat. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, also, if you just have an iPad sitting around or something from like <laughs> three generations ago, you can still connect to pod, Apple Podcasts or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know, that, that, they're just saying there's lots of ways you can do it. Yeah. Um, kind of sounds like we're begging at this point. Oh, but we're, we're definitely begging at this point. Um, okay, that's we, fair. We, we really actually, honestly, we really appreciate you guys. 19 people went over and gave us reviews this week on Apple. So that's awesome. And we have a winner for the t-shirt this week is Remy Hones. It might be Remy Hones. Remy Hones or Remy Hones. One of those two. With a Z at the end. With a Z at the end. So, yeah, uh, that is the winner of the t-shirt. Hit us up at... Again, mcucast at gmail.com and let us know uh, where to send you a t-shirt and we'll, uh, yeah, all that good stuff. So hit us up, let us know who you are and we'll get you a t-shirt. That is, we just wanted to throw that out there and now let's talk about this in DC. How about it? How about it, Jeff? Okay, fine. We'll you'll, talk about DC. You'll allow it? Um, this one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the, um, the DC Fandom event did a lot of good for uh, for dc like for dc film as i'll call it or dc on screen <laughs> yeah uh, that old that old podcast which uh, by the way i was on this week it was earlier in the feed so you probably all saw it but like i was on dc on screen on uh, earlier la- last week just to talk about this so uh, yeah. all the fandom stuff it's uh it's actually like they're doing a pretty solid job it, it feels like they have uh embraced the chaos 
of multiverse. Um, yes, which is interesting. It's not what we have followed here on the MCU cast. We're very, I mean, we talk about it probably too much about how does this fit into the MCU um, instead of sometimes, sometimes in lieu of enjoying the thing we're watching. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. like, that's how our brains work and we want that connectivity. But DC's just like, you know what? It's all multiverse, baby. Well, I mean, that's how the comics have been. DC is all about infinite crises on infinite planes of existence and sure you know the universe is crashing into each other and all that shit and they're they're all about reboot like dc has rebooted their universe so many times it's hard to keep track well yeah but reboot is different than concurrent universes running separate storylines and well that's that's the thing they converge them all together and then they branch out into a bunch of different ones again yeah and then it gets to the point to where there's so many it's hard to keep up with and then they converge them all into, you know, the new 52 or, you know, whatever. Um, kind of like the way that all different or all new, all different did in the Marvel comics universe. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was like a convergence after, um, after secret wars in 2015. Anyway, all that to say, it feels like DC in, in the uh, visual entertainment realm has really embraced that that chaos of multiverse and they're just kind of like you know it doesn't feel like they've earned it necessarily the way that marvel would have gone through earning it over you know 12 years of film so far but it feels like they're just like ah, here it is you know what fuck it we'll do it live it's it's there now deal with it yeah and i you know from just a pure artistic perspective it really is going to open up the creators to make the movies they want to make which is very cool yeah I think they've already done that some with things like Birds of Prey, although I think there's a little meddling going on there too with the name <laughs> name and everything. But like, yeah, they're getting closer to who cares about like Kevin Feige has been able to do this magic trick with Marvel where he's maintained a tight universe and still allowed for movies to be creative. Yes. Some would say not creative enough. Some would say you know, not cohesive enough, you know, there's, but he has ridden a balance that has allowed us to really enjoy it. Uh, DC hasn't been able to find that, um, balance yet. And so I think this is probably a better route for them. Like stop worrying about the balance, stop trying to be Kevin Feige and just like make good movies. And you know what, if that's the case, excellent kudos to them. If they've found it, because you know, you get trailers like the Batman, where Robert Pattinson is is the new thing. And, you know, that trailer looked really fucking good, Matt. Like, it, it was really so was. good. Oh, man, what? I just watched a... I think I talked about New Rockstars last week, uh, but let, let me do it again. The YouTube channel New Rockstars, I don't know, I guess I subscribed to them recently because they've just been popping up on my desktop every day when I sit down to do work. Uh, but they did a breakdown of the trailer, and there's uh, they actually solved the riddle inside of... Riddler's um, <laughs> inside of Riddler's uh, message to Batman or whatever. Oh, the card. Yeah, the card yeah. has like some uh, card. some like hieroglyphs at the bottom, and they like solved it straight up, like escape room style. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I yes. saw I saw an article about that. Like the 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 riddle inside of it was, um, what does a what does a liar do after he's dead? Yeah, what does a liar do after after death? Mm-hmm. And the answer the, the solve is he lies still. He lies still, which is a beautiful, beautiful riddle. Honestly, like because mm-hmm. he lies still, but he also lies still. It's a good joke. It's a good joke. I like it. 
And the fact that they made it that puzzle solvable for the fans feels very much like that's just good Batman marketing. And it's like, (laughs) that's going to keep people talking about it. Well, for sure. And putting an escape room style riddle inside of a Batman trailer lets you know that they are going to allow him to do what he does, which we really haven't gotten a good version of in the movies, which is the greatest detective, you know, world's greatest detective. Yeah. Yeah. So far, Batman has been all about like, uh, you know, I'm league of assassins or whatever league of shadows. Like, um, Rachel Ghoul wants me to, to be his successor. And, He's coming after me all the time. I'm such a great hand-to-hand combatant. I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. Yeah, fighter, fighter, fighter. And that's all the Batman has been in mm-hmm. in media lately. Um, but Arkham, like the game uh, series, as we'll call it, the Arkham franchise, has been, you know, a lot of like a, a blend of that and let's solve some some stuff. Let's solve mysteries and be the world's greatest detective. And I feel like that's been missing from uh, from Batman on film. And putting him against Riddler is the best way to bring that back, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And putting him against the ver- a version of Riddler that like really is going to challenge the Batman. Yes, that is that is absolutely. And, and like really, when you even play in those Arkham games, that's when his yes, he uses detective mode to like uh, analyze a crime scene and stuff like that. But like the times when it's really him creating a solve, or where he when he shows off that side of his personality, is when. He is going up against the Riddler because the Riddler wants to challenge that side of his personality because the Riddler wants to prove that he's smarter and better. And yeah. uh, I, you know, the idea—it's uh, not a Jim Carrey Riddler who, like, you know, was was fine and all, but I don't feel like that he had the obsession with defeating Batman. And clearly, since since this Riddler wrote a message to Batman. I, I clearly he already has an obsession with Batman. Part of the thing about Riddler that I like so much is that's visible in the Arkham games uh, is that he has like, he's got this determination to beat Batman at a mind game, but he also like, because of this determination and this obsession, this zealousy uh, in the, the image of himself being the smartest, he will put anybody else's life at risk in order to do that. And in the trailer, we see that there's somebody that like came crashing through a party in a car and had like stepped out of the car and had a, a, a note to the Batman, you know, mm-hmm. it's like taped to his chest. So like, obviously we're getting that again, where he's putting everybody's life at risk. And another thing that I think Batman has been missing lately is saving people and not just like saving his love interest or, you know, saving the, you know, the Chris O'Donnell, Robin, you know, whatever, like not saving the the people that are closest to him, but just saving random people on the street, you know, mm-hmm. having randos be in trouble and Batman swooping in to save him. He's, he's a freaking hero, man. That's what he's supposed to do. But having Riddler just use anybody, you know, anybody on the street that he can get his hands on gives Batman that ability to save people again, but also be world's greatest detective. Like, I just, I love the idea of it. I love what they're, what they're allowing Batman to do. And, you know, good on DC for, for coming back around. 
Yeah, man. It looks great. I mean, you know, it's trailers. It's trailers. You never know what's nope, going to end up The whole movie is going to be as good as this. But this uh, this is looking exactly the, the way that we want it to look. You know, it's, it's really seems to be going the right way. And, and there's a bunch of other stuff announced. Um, you know, the folly of Marvel letting James Gunn go over to the DC side. Uh, yep. It looks like they will pay by having him make <laughs> one of the coolest looking most fun looking suicide squad you know movies it's that looks really fun and it seems like they're giving james gunn his vision yeah yeah so that that that's gonna be awesome it's gonna be freaking awesome they're letting him do a movie with umteen characters in it Mm -hmm. were there multiple trailers for suicide squad or was there only the okay i only got the character reveal you only got the character reveal yeah, that's the only one I watched. Yeah, there's was another one that's not a trailer exactly. It's a featurette. Okay. It's, a, it's it's just, but it shows a lot of footage from the movie. And more than that, it shows tons of like behind the scenes footage. And so you just really get a sense of all the characters and what they're doing. And uh, again, there's, there's, there's internet breakdowns all over YouTube that are like going really in depth on like what this movie is probably about. Okay. And, uh, th- there's a whole lot in those free featurettes that give us, give us clues. Um, and it's looking, it's looking just really, really James Gunnish, like super, yeah. super James Gunn, and like that's exciting. On the on the character reveal trailer, um, I, I was getting definite Deadpool two vibes off of it. I was like, man, half these are gonna be dead in the first five minutes, especially Nathan Fillion. No. Like, <laughs> they're all gone. We can't trust any of this. They're all dead. Do we know what it's rated yet? Uh, I don't think so, but. Um, I, there was something, some headline I saw, uh, when scrolling through news this week, when I, you know, when I was looking for my one news story, <laughs> your one Marvel news story, <laughs> there was something that was like suicide squad or James Gunn suicide squad is definitely going to be R rated. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's bad guys. Of course you're talking about blowing people's heads up. Like, like it's the end of the freaking Kingsman movie. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, come you say on. that, but I don't suicide squad one wasn't rated R. And that's part of the problem, I think. Like, yeah, that's part of the issue. It wasn't. Um, I think this movie fits a rated R vibe much better, especially with James Gunn at the helm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he did he did wonderful with Guardians. Don't get me wrong, but like he lo- you know, he his trauma days. He loves to he loves to come at things from a very brutal and like kind of laughing in the face of brutality sort of place. And I I think we're gonna get that. Yeah, I mean. Guardians kind of feels like laughing at uh, crime, really. Yeah. It's like Star-Lord taking a guy's prosthetic leg, his, his cybernetic leg, that this guy needs, obviously. Otherwise, he can't walk around. He has to hop everywhere or crawl. Mm-hmm. Him taking that and Rocket laughing at it, being like, no, I don't need this. That was a joke. Get out of here. Like... That's a really shitty thing to do, Rocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, it felt like that movie was laughing in the face of just being an asshole. And if he, and then, like, they still have to be heroes at the end of it. So they have to have that redemption or whatever that come together and, and redeem themselves as people arc. But James Gunn gets to do that sort of laughing in the face of bad things with just straight up bad guys. So <laughs> it feels almost like he's more free and we're going to get more of that, that, silliness with crime and i you know it might be kind of refreshing 
I'm, I'm on board. It might be. And I'm definitely on board, but I'm also like, I don't love, like I, I, I Slither is a movie of his that I, I love Slither, but I'm not a big fan of like the body horror gross stuff that he likes to do. Like, that's just not my jam. Right. Kind of grosses me out and not in a fun way. Like, I'm just like, oh, I don't need to see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, right. And so I, so I'm interested to see how this will go. Like without, if, if they're, what if they've overcorrected and they've given their creatives too much control? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, rein like, it in. You got to rein it in. Yeah, you got to rein these guys in, man. That's, that was disgusting. It's got to be some oversight. Damn it. Yeah. But I, <laughs> but I trust James Gunn. Uh, and I, well, like that's the thing I trust James Gunn mostly because of guardians and right. he does have like a strong, strong executive hand from Kevin Feige. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're going to see, it's going to be, that's going to be a really interesting one. Um, the, the Snyder cut, uh, trailer, uh, I- that's the one thing that I'm just like, nah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, no, you don't care at all. I think it looks interesting. It, it's interesting to me how much didn't make it into the film, how much they changed it. We talked about it a lot when it was going on, but like, that it's pretty insane how much did not make that movie. Yeah, eh, I mean, eh, their fans have, or sorry, DC will put quotes around fans have whined at DC for two years now that they didn't get their cut, the the Snyder cut. They they didn't get the real vision of Justice League. And now DC's like, okay, sure, fine, we'll let we'll let Zack Snyder come back and, and rework it his way. We'll even give him a bunch of money to to do some reshoots. We'll even give him more money to basically remake the entire movie. Like if every studio got two chances to make a movie with every release, of course the second one's going to be better. Of course the second one's going to fix all the things that all the fans didn't like. But, like, this sets a precedent. Well, I don't see everybody keeps saying that. And, like, I don't... It said it's a precedent in the same way that, like, every director's cut ever sets a precedent. Like, think about Blade Runner. Like, and I'm not saying everything should be Blade Runner, but, like, there's, like, four different versions of that movie because different people had different visions and they all got to eventually go back and do their vision. You know, like... I don't really like the Blade Runner movie. Right. Well, which one did you see? Because that's the thing. Everybody tells you. And I agree. I'm not a fan of tons of different cuts of movies, but it's not like this is a new thing. It's a new thing for it to be as big a deal as it is, I think. Yeah. It's a new thing for him to get that much money to redo it. That that is probably true. Um, although we also have things like the Star Wars uh, new new versions where the director came back and just used new technology and spent tons of money to redo the uh, original trilogy. Yeah. Um, special editions. That's the words I was looking for. So, so this, <laughs> this kind of thing is not completely brand new. Yeah, but the Star Wars stuff where he uses new technology to kind of update it is really just like updating the look of it. He he doesn't he doesn't change the overall story. Whatever, man. Han shot first. With the one caveat of Han shot first, <laughs> um, and that's really not even a story beat. That's a that's a character element. You know, uh, you're saying that's not the character is not most of story like that's what story is i i think that definitely okay, that's that definitely not a makes plot a change. difference i agree that this this is going to be a larger scale change and 
I don't, I don't know. Just all these people freaking out because it sets a precedent. I'm like, whatever. People have always they've they've made, they've done different versions of movies. Directors cuts have been a thing for a really long time, and I've never believed in directors cuts. Like, if you want, if if your director is in charge of the film as he should be, his vision should be what I put my ass in the seat in a theater to see. I Not agree. what he releases later after he bitches at the studio a bunch. I agree with you. But, like, it's just like anything else. Having a new version exist does not hurt the old version. You know what I mean? It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Like, and if you hated the other version and he just wants to finally tell the story he wanted to tell, like, what what does it matter? But honestly, me and you haven't liked his other two DC movies. So, like, I'm not, like, so excited to see this version, you know? <laughs> I mean, I didn't like his Watchmen I liked his Watchmen a lot. I think it's really, really wonderful. I disagree just because I, I okay. My opinion on Zack Snyder is that he is a garbage director. I used to think that he was great. <laughs> He's not like you're going to come out with like a really thoughtfully well thought out piece of thing. I know my thoughts on Zack Snyder yeah. as a director is he's a trash director. Yeah. He's a trash director. The, <laughs> the issue that I have with him as a director is not, you know, that he can't replicate this thing on screen. That's what he does, but he does that too much. He, he doesn't have this, like this ability to take inspiration from the comics. He, directly puts them like scene for scene up on the screen like with with 300 he tried to do that with watchmen the watchmen graphic novel is way too long and way too in-depth character wise to be rep- properly represented in a in a in a three-hour movie and if you try you make the entire thing boring and that's what it was to me i think that the watchmen could have been amazing as a miniseries with all of the character development and all of the history and world building that is necessary for the Watchmen comic or for the Watchmen graphic novel to actually be put on screen. That would have been okay, but he tried to do that in a movie and it's, it's just too much that you're trying to compress into this little space and he didn't even pick the right things. And then when it came to Batman versus Superman, like he took inspiration from like three different comic or I say inspiration in quotes, he took three different comic stories and tried to shove them all into this one movie and it didn't right. work again. Well, I don't think we have to relitigate all of, all of his attempts. I, we, we, we all know you don't like okay. his work. All that to say, he's not a good director. So I don't think his director's cut, his director's version is going to be any different. It's just going to be more shit. Okay. <sighs> say it's not going to be different is insane, but like, it's going to clearly be very different. Right. It's going to be different from the original cut, yes, because you don't think it's going to be better. Yeah, I don't think that it's going to it's going to change any opinions on it. It's still going to be a different form of shit. Well, you know? that's see, that's your opinion, man. Like it is. There are a lot of people who love Snyder's work, and that's and, what we're doing here, man. We're recording our opinions. That's right. what we've been doing for six years. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> to to act like. You, you, that's my that's my point exactly is you're saying that it sets a bad precedent that's the point i was pushing back on and okay. then you say it sets a bad precedent and i tell you all the reasons it doesn't and then you basically say you don't think it sets a good precedent because you don't like his directing and that is your opinion man yeah so man like, i don't think Thanks, dude <laughs> i don't think <laughs> that like the idea 
him being the guy you don't like doesn't make this any worse of a precedent than like any other director's cut. Now giving him a yeah. lot of money. Sure. The fact that the fans demanded it, I don't know. Don't we want them to listen to the fans? Like there's a lot of things going on here that I think are good precedents to set in many ways. Like the director getting his vision, uh, the, them listening to the fans, um, Especially fan, especially when those two things align. Like when a director wants to do something, the fans really want to see it happen. For a company to put money behind it, that seems like a great precedent to set. Uh, so that's all I'm saying. Like you don't like him, you're not excited about it. But saying it's like the sky is falling, it sets a bad precedent thing feels over like an overly wrought argument, I guess. Okay. Well, what if uh, Marvel gave a lot of money to a different director to remake Iron Man three? Like, what if they brought John Favreau back to to remake Iron Man three? That's a different thing because you're talking about now. If they gave um, Edgar Wright, if right. they brought Edgar Wright back to to redo Ant Man, right? Because he did work on it a lot, right? Uh, but he, I don't know. It, it all depends on where they got in the process. Like, I mean, Zack Snyder, for all intents and purposes, had most of this movie made. Like. It's a different argument to be like, should we strip away Ant-Man? And honestly, if they gave Edgar Wright movie money to make his Ant-Man movie, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, <laughs> especially if you can figure out how to make that fit into the universe. You know, like that's wonderful. And you got yeah, the I think quantum. That's where our, I think that's where our opinions differ is that you would be okay with anybody remaking it because you like seeing the new stuff all the time. Like, yes, cool. You know, especially if you can fit it into the universe, like you're excited to see the new thing. I, I think that it's petty to, to have a company be like, okay, yeah, let, you know, or rather I, I, the precedent that I think is bad is like, you're allowing people to piss and moan and bitch long enough and, and loud enough to get their way when it comes to a movie having been made. Like, yes, I don't like Iron Man three, but I don't feel like I have, um, I don't feel like I have the, uh, the say in whether or not they remake that movie. Like if it got made by a different director and you know, it was, it was better or worse, you know, whatever, if it got made by a different director at the time, it could have been better. It might've been worse. I don't know. But I, I have to accept that this is the movie that we got when it comes to Ant-Man. I have to accept the movie that we got because that is what we got. And right. Well, and you still that, got That's it. what we got. <laughs> you still got it. And this is this ties into the multiverse conversation we were just having, though. It's like if they're saying that they're not really caring about lining their movies up anymore, then what does it matter? You know, I like, yes, I get you just it's just like they want to make a different version of a thing. Enough people want to see that version of a thing like fine i i don't see i just don't see a problem with it uh, the thing that you need to push for for doing better is not remaking a movie that's already been made that's boring that's bullshit push for a better sequel push for the director to come back and fix the sequel you know maybe there's also the idea that like a lot of this is a lot of this is hard to even know because like you know, the reasons that he was said he left were be for family reasons. And like, did he really not get to finish his vision because his like daughter had passed away? And like, eh, you know, there's a lot of different things tied up in this. Some people say that story is not really true. Some people say that was a cover. Some people say it wasn't. Um, I, like, I think it's bullshit to say that that is a cover. Like if the man tells you that he has to step back because his daughter passed away, like let him fucking step back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, Don't be an asshole. So, like, that happened. 
So like if that happened and then someone stepped in and finished his work and now it's coming out that apparently Joss Whedon was a real asshole on the set about his version and changed his version drastically from what his original vision was to the point that it's like kind of not recognizable. I mean, even looking at that trailer, you can see that it clearly like has huge differences from what Zack Snyder had planned versus what happened. And uh, like the, apparently the cyborg entire plot line was basically cut. <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff that he didn't get to do and that all those people wanted to do and everyone else wanted to do that was on the set. But Joss Whedon came in and was like, that's not how I make movies. This is what I want to do with this movie. And like, so there's, there's a little bit of like that in there too, where like, it's a different situation because the tragedy led to him not being able to make the movie he wanted. Yeah. Um, and so if, if that's the case, then, you know, I just, I just don't have a huge problem with it. It's like, I get, you don't like him and you don't want, you don't care if they, do you think leave that in the past, start over <laughs> building, build a universe based on this, the Batman movie that, that would be cool. Uh, and, I, and I agree with you. Do better next time. It's all I mean. Yeah. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't cow down to a bunch of, I mean, fans have bitched and pissed and moaned on the internet since the internet has been around. Right. I, and again, I put fans in quotes because if you're actually a fan, you're not going to complain about it. But like, let's see, that's not true though. I mean, what well, we're talking about the idea of them bringing back the defenders. And I mean, I know it's not, it's not the same because it's not them remaking something, but like if we sit here and piss and moan for years and say, you better use our defenders, like bring back our daredevil, the one we love. And then they do that. We're not going to be upset because they listen to the fans. Like, no, we're going to be happy because they use the good daredevil. Exactly. And so there, <laughs> there are people out there. I know you don't understand them, but there are people out there who love Zack Snyder and love what he was doing and love the fact that he made three movies or, you know, two movies that led up to this Justice League movie. And then halfway through, it was taken away from him and given to someone else. And that. Yeah. And there are people that just want to see that played out. It's just like if we got a new, honestly, if we got a new Daredevil movie right now and it was horrible, you know, it's just the worst thing we've ever seen. Right. And then they were like, you know, we could like, we could keep with that Daredevil or we could scrap it and just say that the Daredevil that was in the, uh, uh, in, in the Netflix stuff, it was, was our Daredevil now. And then we'd be like, yeah, do that, do that. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be on board with that. Like, I I, I would have wanted them to have started with the good Daredevil. And if they if they remade Daredevil and did it bad, and then they said, uh, you know, never mind, I would call them, I would, I would call them cowards. Because, like, if you're going to do, if you're going to, if you're going to make it, you know, do it, make the thing. Yeah, bite the bullet that you did wrong. Like the Inhumans, they they did a real shit job on getting the Inhumans out there. But like that's the Inhumans we got. Oh well, too bad. We just don't talk about it anymore. Well, see, and I don't think that's true. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be we don't talk about it anymore. I think in fifteen years, when they need to refresh whatever they're doing, they'll be like, well, that Inhumans show never happened. Yeah, that Inhuman show was just Marvel Television Studios, which exactly. is completely different. And I don't really mind that with. With uh, with Inhumans, but I would mind that with Daredevil. Yeah, know? if they if they have to if they have to redo Daredevil, and if they if they look at Marvel Television Studios stuff as being not canon, quote unquote, um, then they have to do it for everything. If you're going to do it for one, you got to do it for all. Uh, see, I don't, I don't agree. I think they can make decisions how they want to make decisions. You know? No, I I just I don't. 
you can't pick and choose. I mean, you don't pick and choose what's in the universe, right? We don't pick and choose what canon we agree with. I, we have I, what's presented to us, and that's what it is. We have the luxury of having a universe that's fairly tight. Um, that's fair. Like DC doesn't have DC that, doesn't and have I'm sorry right for that. And... Like then this thing is we just had a conversation about how they're going with multiverse. So what does it matter? Yeah. Both, so maybe both versions exist in some different pocket universe or whatever. Yeah, I was going to use, I was going to use your argument of like, maybe that's good, you know, because yeah. <laughs> that gives them so much freedom. Like who knows? Maybe I don't know. One day Joss Whedon's justice league will meet up with Zack Snyder's justice league. And one will be funny and quippy and one will be broody as hell. And, and they'll have a good time. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. <laughs> But anyway, that was that uh, was a fun discussion about uh about was it? that. I enjoyed it. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I feel like I I just bitched on the internet for Oh yeah, you definitely did. Half an hour. You definitely <laughs> did. But we both felt passionately. That's fair. But That's we fair. Do you, we don't we both stand by it. And I still love you, Jeff. It's fine. I still love you too. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's move along to okay. the, la- the last thing. In the, the before we get into feedback, uh, we'll just throw out a mention for the the Arkham series of games. Got two new possible outings. Oh, Arkham Knights! Oh, I'm oh, it's so Gotham excited. Knights. Gotham yeah, Knights. Yeah, sorry. Which, by Gotham the way, Knights. apparently is not in universe, which Ooh. is crazy. What yeah. universe is it in? Apparently, they it is a new standalone universe. Although it is literally huh. following up exactly where the last one left off, except for some reason, Barbara Gordon has functioning legs now. I guess the killing joke never happened. Yeah. Well, in the previous game, she already was in a wheelchair. Um, yeah, she was Oracle. Yeah. So in this one, she's just Batgirl again. Apparently. So okay. That's weird. Um, and then um, multiverse. Th- Right, right. DC is just like, eh, multiverse. But no, that's the thing. It's like, it's not in... A, and then it, it came out, someone came out and said that it apparently is not officially in the Rocksteady universe, which it's oh. made by um, uh, WB Games Montreal, which is the same company that made Arkham Origins a couple years ago. Oh, no. Yeah, so it oh, maybe no. maybe they're saying... See, I liked Arkham Origins. I didn't have a problem with it. It's I don't think it's the best one, but I think it was pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, this is something that we talked about on on Skype last night after you had gone back to actually play Arkham Asylum. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, Jay Scotty for real and Gary uh, and I were like, you know, we were talking about the Arkham series. Like, I Ar- Arkham Asylum felt kind of like a proof of concept for for a game style. Yeah, and worked out really well and like proved like people want this and this is a this is a really fun game. So. When Arkham City happened, they were just like, okay, let's do that again, but a lot. And let's let's take that concept and expand upon it a shitload because it worked. And then Arkham City was really freaking good. Yeah. Arkham and, City is amazing. And then it's like with Arkham Origins, they were they just went completely sideways. And I from what you're saying, it was a different company that made it. Yeah. It was, so it was a different creative team. They were trying to go with, apparently, this is common in a video game. I only know this from listening to video game podcasts and stuff, but apparently it's common among like the Call of Duty style games to alternate video game companies that make a certain series because, oh, yeah. because they want to be able to come out with one every year and a video game company can't work on you know, two games at a time and having them come out that fast. So they'll alternate. like, And so they were trying to do that with... Um, 
Arkham Origins and people didn't like it as much and everybody kind of knew it was a different company and it was like just felt a little off. I still thought it was pretty damn good. It just the, the controls didn't feel exactly right. And I thought the story stuff was great, which is a big part of what I look for in these games. Yeah. So. Well, uh, Assassin's Creed does the same thing or uh, yes. did the same thing. And there were several entries in the Assassin's Creed franchise that were just not great. But it, it seemed like they alternated which ones were great, you know? Yeah, I think that's exactly why that happens. I think like a lot of times they do that yeah. and it and it there's one company that just isn't as good as the other company. And a lot of times those games will be like the other company will make like slight updates on the game. It'll be like, it's Arkham Origins. It's basically the same game, but with a different story. But then just for some reason they changed the controls just a little bit and it made the controls weird. Um so yeah. Anyway, that, just want to throw those out. And then they're also doing Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, which is another um, video game which supposedly is in the Arkham universe. From the last really? bit of news I heard, huh. it is being made by Rocksteady. Um, but I, that, that may be wrong. That may be a false report. I'm really not sure because it doesn't seem like it is. Like the the Harley Quinn seems like she could be the same Harley Quinn, but it definitely seems more of like a fantastical world. Uh, it's happening in Metropolis. There are, there's a little more magic. Superman is there. Like, Oh no. <laughs> the, the Arkham games seem a little more grounded. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, the last Superman video game outing, Nintendo 64. Superman 64 was not good. Right. Well, this one is Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. You're playing yeah. as the Suicide Squad fighting evil versions of the Justice League, which sounds kind of amazing. Oh, my God. You know what that is? What's that's that? That's the boys video game. Oh, that is the boys video game. How that do you really fight is. against Superman? How do they fight against Homelander? Yeah, that's a really great point. That's that's the trailer. It's like a four-minute little... There's no gameplay. It's just a video, you know, how they do that yeah. little video trailer. And it's yeah, just them, them looking for their the target that Amanda Waller has sent them after. And then the last moments of the trailer, <laughs> they look up and it's Superman. And they realize that Superman is, the, is their uh, target. And their they target. Go, they go, oh, shit, or whatever. Oh, shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that's pretty good. That's Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's great. Yeah, it looks Speaking good. of game trailers, this, is, this one is completely unrelated to... Uh, to anything that we've been talking about, but the Baldur's three or sorry, Baldur's Gate three uh, video game trailer looked fantastic. I don't even know what that is. It's it's in D and D universe. Um, okay, it's it's a like a turn based RPG, sort of like um, 
Divinity Original Sin 2 and kind of like a like a slower combat paced uh, Dragon Age. Okay. Anyway, it looked phenomenal too. So there's a lot of good games coming out very soon. Um, we'll get a new generation of system, which always bre- breeds like a kind of upgrade in the you know the visuals and the yeah. the expansiveness of the games. So. so we're getting Marvel's The Avengers next week. Yeah. Basically. Next week, Friday. Win one by reviewing us now. <laughs> we're getting um, oh, an Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ugh. I'm so down for that. That's why my, my beard is growing out so much is because uh, <laughs> getting ready for that game. Um, and then we're getting, I'm uh, sorry, at the end of September, uh, we're getting Baldur's Gate 3, which looks fantastic. And then what, next year we're getting, or no, sorry, at the end of the year, we're getting Spider-Man Miles Morales, mm-hmm. which looks so good. <laughs> um, and then those two games from DC both look real great, especially, well, I mean, Gotham Knights looks admittedly really good. Um, it does. And then that premise for the suicide squad kills the justice league just sounds goofy and fun. And Mm -hmm. like, it's a good time to be a, a comics game nerd, I guess, or just a game nerd. Yep. For sure. For sure. I think the Arkham games like really set forth a, template for how to make a really killer superhero game right you know and i hope i'm hoping that the justice league or um, the suicide squad one can continue that it is being done by rocksteady so it's the same company that made yeah. arkham game so i'm hoping that they'll be able to take their success and move it into how do you design a game well around these kinds of superpowers or whatever because these characters do have superpowers unlike batman being so grounded there are some superpowers in this game so that'll be interesting to see Batman's technology is effectively superpowers. For sure. Well, you've also got the great Spider-Man game right now, which has also shown how how to make a game with superpowers well. Yeah, yeah. And his like his superpowers. You know, I think that's the problem with the Superman game is it's hard to do the the overpowered character like Superman in a good way. I think that they would probably have uh, a similar issue with a Green Lantern game. Because Green Lantern's power is only limited by his mind and yeah, his will. That's that. Well, and also, like, how do you do that game? Because you can't have your mind and will operate the the, the ring. Like, I don't know how you yeah. do a good Green Lantern game. Because that game, Green Lantern's power are, are all about creativity, and doing that in the moment would be kind of impossible. So I don't know yeah. how the, how well you could do that. Well, I mean, the the only way that it would make sense for a video game, which, you know, has to be programmatically made to where you can repeat the the prop, the processes like you would have to you would have to say, like, he can make these things and like you could maybe open it up into uh, a bunch of different play styles, kind of like kind of like in Borderlands where they've got you know, a, a different tree for every kind of play style and kind of level him up that way or level up the, your lantern in that way. Um, yeah. But still only like, you know, this play style gets uh, a mini gun that you can make or, you know, a giant fist or your giant fist hits harder or whatever. Like you have to, you still have to limit it. And that's the problem. And that's the problem with that particular superpower. Okay. Well, 
anyway. DC Fandom, you win. You got the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe podcast, which normally has a pretty pretty harsh anti-DC bias to talk about DC for 20 minutes. So, uh, <laughs> been longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Oh, man. Okay, let's, so let's move on. We're going to get into feedback right after this ad we have no control over. All right, guys, we're back. Let's let's talk about your feedback. Oh, he forces question for Jeff as the comics reader. Matt, you can sit this one out. All right. I'm going to go get some water or something. <laughs> okay. I've read so many comics in the last couple of months, going on 900 issues, making the absolute most of that Marvel Unlimited subscription. Recently, I've actually been following all the members of the eventual Champions team, headlined by Kamala Khan, Amadeus Cho, Miles Morales, and others. And one of those others is Cyclops from All New X-Men. I thought it would be dumb to pull 16-year-old versions of five early X-Men to the present, but they do a lot of really interesting things with those characters and explore themes of destiny, legacy, LGBTQ inclusion, even the discomfort young girls feel around older men. So my question would be, with all the time travel going on around the MCU, would there be a way to work the X-Men into the universe in this light? Obviously, things would need to change from the comics, like in all the adaptations. But so far, I've loved what they've explored. Until next time. Matt, you can come back. This is actually a good discussion for us. Oh, okay. Can we read it again? No. I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, I can answer it. Uh, Or I can say something. (laughs) Well, I just think that, like, the key with the storytelling he's talking about is, like, even though he's reading it all in one go... That was not told all in one go. And I think all of these things are possible with the X-Men, but I think they should go back to the beginning of the X-Men and yeah. start from the beginning and tell these stories in in sequential order so that they have the same impact. So that when you get to something like Champions, you have the experience of these you know, six characters or whatever. Well, they could do it in a... Uh, yeah. Okay, so existing canon existing continuity i think that the way that they introduce captain marvel with her showing up first or showing up in uh, or rather being filmed in endgame first was wrong it was a bad way to introduce her and then having her movie come out first but the character being so different it was just it was a disservice to the character in my opinion i agree and I, I, the way that the way that seems you know, most in line with the way that they did that to introduce the X-Men is to have the X-Men show up out of nowhere um, and, and have whatever, you know, team of Avengers or whatever main character uh, the movie is about deal with these people and be like, where the hell did these guys come from? Why haven't I heard of these guys before? And then go back and do a movie about the X-Men, say like in the sixties with, you know, them having to deal with whatever it is they're dealing with, you know, they defeat their villain and then, quantum realm happens and they get stuck or you know whatever and then they show up in in now times that's what's in line with what they have most recently done that would make that happen and i don't think that that's the best way to go about it i would like to see a story about the x-men you know maybe piecemeal all the characters are are you know spread out across the other marvel movies and then they all come together at uh, xavier's school for gifted youngsters and then you know they've they've all all of those characters have converged on X-Men, you know, and all of them have had their intro in another film and had, you know, they they're the MacGuffin or whatever of the other right. films and they all come together in the X-Men. Well, it's interesting to note that like so far 
Feige has not said anything about the X-Men when he's talking about these things. He says, we'll be introducing mutants. Yeah. And so I think that, like, it's very possible that they could make the X, the next X-Men movie. If they take their time and give it three or four years, and the next X-Men movie is what we used to call the Avengers movie, you know? Yeah, it's where it's like the build-up. Yeah, the, the build-up build up and then the temple. And then the X-Men are the culmination of, you know, that sort of uh, introducing all these different characters in smaller movies in different ways, and then you get an X-Men movie. And then three or four years later, you get the end of another phase with another X-Men movie. I like that. I like that a lot too. And I like that a lot. You know, X-Men versus Avengers, like these classic things. Yeah. Oh man. Because as much as I love the Avengers, like we're, 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 we're kind of in a place where a lot of the main Avengers, like these main four guys are gone. And so like, I mean, not all of them, not all the main four, but like, you know, two of the main four are gone. Um, and like, I just don't know what they're going to do with those exactly. And so having an event and, um, I, I guess Thor is now a guardians in the guardians. So like, yeah, I don't he's know. He's an ass guardian. He's an ass guardian of the galaxy. Um, yeah. yeah. So I just think that, uh, that would be the way to do it in my mind is to introduce them all. Give us an X-Men movie in three or four years. That is like the culmination of phase four. Watch, 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 watch Matt. Mm-hmm. What we just did is going to, what we just said is going to come back in a later uh, feedback episode. Somebody's yeah. going to have been listening to this one and be like, oh my God, you guys called it. That's possible. That's possible. <laughs> Another thing is, of course, uh, it's phase four. I, th- I feel like it's very possible. Fantastic four could be the next thing. It's Dude. also possible. They might not do an X-Men movie for six or seven years. Like they could take their time with this thing. Just depends on how many movies we get back to. Cause they were yeah. planning three to four movies a year, but with COVID, like everything's on hold. We don't know when movie theaters are coming back. Like, I mean, yeah. technically they're coming back today. Like a lot of theaters are starting up today because of new mutants. Um, and Bill and Ted. Well, actually, Bill and Ted's only on VOD, isn't it? Or is it in theaters as well? I think it's supposed to be a simultaneous release. Okay, cool. Which, by the way, got to mention it. Bingers assemble. Bill and Ted. We're going to be covering Bill and Ted and New Mutants this week. Yeah, man. I'm going to the drive-in um, to do the New Mutants because uh, that's like the safest way to go about it. I'm going to try to go to a matinee probably probably tomorrow when it's not so crowded. That's fair. That's my, that's fair. That's my current game plan. Yeah, I looked at I looked at that. There was like a two o'clock showing in the IMAX uh, near near me, and it was like there was one seat in the middle of the fucking theater that was that was taken. taken. I was like, yeah. "You asshole!" Yeah, that's <laughs> like funny that. that he got in the very center. Um, it, it also, I don't know if you noticed. I looked at that picture you sent me. They block out all the seats around you. So if you buy yep. a ticket, they block out all the seat, seats like directly around you, so you're not close to too, close to people. Yep. <laughs> but that one guy got a seat in the very center, and it blocked out like. 20 seats because he was just in the very center of this like mass of seats <laughs> jerk what a jerk very funny very very it's, funny it's fine whatever i'm gonna have the best seat in the house because i'm gonna be air conditioned with a fan like directly in my face <laughs> i like how like you slowly realized in the middle of that sentence that uh theaters are air conditioned they're not <laughs> not no not in a way that i need it <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, next up, Abby said, hi, I just started all the MCU shows and I love the pod, but how come all your 2014 episodes are missing? I can't find them anywhere, frowning face. Well, thank you for asking, Abby. We actually, we mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Uh, For some reason, our server has been destroyed. 
like destroyed on our old server that we used to use. And we're luckily I had all of those 23 episodes saved and we are currently re-uploading them. So um, you may get weird things in your feed every once in a while because I have to upload them, then move them. So that's a little, yeah. So thank you for asking, Avi. <laughs> I was thank I've you. been meaning to keep people knowing that we're doing that because honestly, it's a little time consuming and I'm just not getting to all of them at one time. So I'm like doing one, taking a few days, doing or like to try to do, I'm trying to do one a day, but because I'm ADHD, I don't get one a day done. <laughs> yeah, I should probably take advantage of my ADHD and just sit down and do them all in one afternoon. But the feed yeah. would get crazy. Get that hyper focus. Yeah, exactly. Take my Adderall <laughs> and sit down and just do it all. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, Jesse Wolf said, Hey guys, this week I had a crazy thought and please include this in the cast. I want to hear you talk about it. Yeah. Remember when Ant-Man referenced back to the future in Endgame? Okay. But what if Michael J. Fox who played Marty McFly was in that scene they wouldn't be able to reference it because it technically doesn't exist. Like, Cap wouldn't be able to say, oh, Tony, did you see that dope new flick with Chris Evans in it? Boy, I love that guy. And also how ScarJo can't reference Ghost in the Shell. So the movies the Avengers reference, can the actors in them never be brought into Marvel movies? Thanks for the amazing podcast and keep up the good work. Um, I would say it would be weird, but the one caveat to that is Deadpool who referenced Thanos directly to <laughs> uh, Cable. Oh, yeah, directly at Cable. But, that, you know, that's Deadpool. That's what he does. Yeah, I know. That's So, like, I would say that's evidence to the fact that, yeah, they probably try to avoid that because, but being a character that breaks the fourth wall, he can do it. Hey, yeah, I, I just think, like, the only reason that they were able to get away with referencing movies like that is so that they could say, no, that version of time travel doesn't work. Or that's not how time travel works. Well, I think that any other reference to movies. Oh, I disagree. Is... No, you're you're just wrong. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sorry, because you've also got a uh, all of the S- Spider-Man references to movies. That's fair. That's fair. Shit. That's a whole well, that's, thing. That's all old ones, though. Yeah. Like, no, I was, I was going to say I do think there's a age of a movie thing where like if a movie is old enough you can reference it i even think there's an age of a movie thing where a character could reference a movie he was in if it's old enough and it wouldn't feel that weird <laughs> like rdj could could reference kiss kiss bang bang well i don't know if kiss kiss bang bang's old enough but maybe uh i do well i mean you saw iron man 3 that was basically just a big kiss kiss bang bang reference um <laughs> but fair. i think that like I think any character could talk to the Grand Master and mention the fly, and we wouldn't bat an eye at how weird that was. Mm. Like, it might be a knowing nod to it, but like, right. like something could be going on in the scene, and someone could go, oh, that's disgusting. It's like Brundlefly. Uh, and, and like, you could see the Grand Master could give like a knowing glance or something. Like, and I, I could see them getting away with something like that because it's old enough, it's classic enough. But yeah, if a movie came out four years ago, it's really hard for them to reference and feel timeless because you don't know what movie. That's the other thing about referencing older movies. You don't know what movies are going to persist and be classics. Yeah. So like if you reference some movie Chris Evans was in, what other movies have Chris Evans been in? Like, I guess I could see like Ant-Man or his daughter referencing Scott Pilgrim or something like 
and yeah, it didn't well, feel that weird. That's, that's kind of a, a cult classic at this point. Right, exactly. You know? It's got a classic nature to it. So I, th- I think there's room for that. And Chris Evans was in that, so I don't know. There's, there's room yeah. for it, but it is definitely a weird line to walk. It is. When you're making movies like Guardians of the Galaxy that are so full of pop culture references. That's fair. That's fair. I, it, it just it feels like it's a dangerous territory to get into because it, once you start potentially referencing films that these actors have been in it, it you uh, you run the risk of, of taking the audience out of the moment that the, the scene is trying to capture. Sure. And you make them think about other movies. You need them to think about this movie. Well, yeah, but that that's true. But also like depending on the moment, like if that's right. a, if it's a serious emotional moment, yes. But you remember you, Empire Strikes Back, that really old movie with the big walking thing. He's like, that was, right. that fit perfectly with the moment. And it told the story of, of, or rather it, it made enough of a reference to get across the point that he was trying to make in that moment. I think that if they just mentioned a movie in passing that one of these actors was, was in, it just, it wouldn't be the same unless they're trying to get across a point. Right. I think the answer to Jesse's question here is it can be done, but it has to be done artfully. Like, and that's that goes yeah, for yeah. In mentioning any pop culture stuff. It has to be done sort of artfully. Um, that's fair. And, and like certain directors can get away with it. I think that James Gunn is really good at pop culture references and could probably get away with some of that. Um, uh, the guy who directed the Spider-Man movies that those, those did a lot of references and I think they were okay. Um, lots. Yeah. The, the, the thing I can't wait to see is when, you know, inevitably all actors are going to eventually be in the MCU. Yeah. And, uh, I can't wait to see <laughs> when Kevin Bacon finally comes face to face with star Lord, you know, <laughs> Ooh, ooh, that's rough. <laughs> like whoever Kevin Bacon ends up playing, you know, maybe he'll be the villain of the third Guardians of the Galaxy. No, 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 no. That works. That works because we had uh, Guardians Two, uh, where um, Ego made himself look like David Hasselhoff, and it wasn't like it wasn't. This is David Hasselhoff playing somebody. It was David Hasselhoff as himself. Yeah, for sure. But like, you know, because of Ego. So, so it works. Kevin Bacon will just be himself or be somebody pretending to be Kevin Bacon, right? What if like, okay, hear me out. Okay. What if we get a character that looks like Kevin Bacon in the next uh, Guardians 3, right? And they like are trying to track down like what's going on. Uh, and Star-Lord seems weird about it, but he's not, he hasn't said anything. And then finally he comes <laughs> out and he's like, I fought Kevin Bacon and they're like, what? And he's like, I don't know. I thought, I thought I was going crazy, but now it's happened twice. I fought Kevin Bacon and, and they're like, what Kevin Bacon, the legendary dance, the legendary hero, legendary hero, Kevin Bacon. And he's like, yes. And then it turns out that his ego powers have remanifested and he's like spinning off different like versions, you know, oh, like he's cre- manifesting Kevin Bacon yeah. around him uh, and, and whatever, whatever it's, whatever's happening is somehow malev- malevolent, but it's his own power is like malevolently <laughs> manifesting characters for him to fight similar to what he did at the end of uh, guardians, but he's like, I'm not in control of it. And he's actually fighting Kevin Bacon. 
What if Adam Warlock is played by Kevin Bacon? <laughs> we have made the perfect specimen. Yes, yes, it's the perfect specimen, but it's like a gold Kevin Bacon. Yes. And Starler yes. is just weird about it the whole time. It's like, did you guys model this after Kevin Bacon? <laughs> of course we did. The legendary hero. The legendary hero, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> We've all heard all over the galaxy. We know the stories of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah, everyone, everyone's seen the historical documents. <laughs> uh, thank you for that, Jesse. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that we got to reference Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah. On the show. <laughs> all right, all right. Marshall Naylor um, cried at me <laughs> from the look of it. Uh, last week when I said, Annette is a child and I can't be friends with a child. We're talking about which one we would be friends with, I think, or who would be the best friend. And you said, Annette is a child and I can't be friends with a child as if that was the most ridiculous thing in the world. Yes, Matt, I'm 33. I can't be friends with a, with a high school child. Well, Marshall said all the 12, 12 and younger kids in the audience, sadness intensifies. (laughs) Uh, I have to be a role model, Matt. I can't just be their friend. I don't know. I don't know why you can't be close. No, we can't be best friends. I can be a mentor figure. I can... I don't know why I laugh. I just like immediately laugh when you said I could be a mentor figure. I don't know. I'm I, sorry. I could be a mentor figure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we're, we're both laughing at that now. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could give the kids... The relationship that Quentin Beck had with Peter Parker without the betrayal. How about that? I don't know. It's the best I can do. I don't trust it. The betray- don't trust the it. betrayal's coming. Betrayal's coming. You're right. It's Mysterio. It- <laughs> this is such a goofy-ass conversation to be having. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Alyssa Haynes said, hey, Matt and Jeff. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to Ashley, Jeff, and Matthew cover the Umbrella Academy on Pandavision. Really looking forward to the boys season two, but after just finishing the final S.H.I.E.L.D. feedback episode and the most recent general news and feedback episode, I'm reminded why MCU cast is my favorite. Y'all have the most effortless chemistry as a podcast duo. You make the listening experience so fun, and even when expressing critical feedback, the vibe remains positive. That positive vibe goes a long way during these crazy times. Thanks again for all the effort and time you each invest into Stranded Panda. I love the whole network 3000. Alyssa. Aw, thank you, Alyssa. That, that's basically a don't be a downer email. Right. And and tr- and it's it may be a try to make more things together <laughs> email, which we want to do, but it's so hard because we have such opposite schedules. Yeah. And now that we're doing trivia together, that's like at least two nights a week that we have to figure out a way to get together. I mean, I I think that I have pretty well blocked off my schedule for Wednesdays at this point. Yeah, same here. Same here. It's going to be awful if if there's going to be a, like, if there's a Wednesday that I can't be there and you're just like, oh, shit. Uh, Learn to robot. (laughs) To learn to robot. (laughs) Not to dance, but. (laughs) No. Kevin Bacon is my mentor, like we've been talking about. Yeah. He's your Quentin Beck. Mmm. Kevin Bacon is your Quentin Beck. <laughs> I don't think that tracks. No, man. Definitely not. No. So Zach Champion hit us with an email. I'm, I'm not sure that that's your real last name. You're the champion of Zach's? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he says, hey, Jeff and Matt. 
they put me first this time. Is that is that odd? Do they normally put me first? Yeah, it's usually Matt and Jeff. Oh. I mean, I'm pretty sure that I say Matt and Jeff when I'm talking about, like, if I'm typing about the, the episode or, like, sharing it somewhere. I'm like, yeah. Matt and Jeff. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I get it. It sounds better that way. Whatever. Sex <laughs> <laughs> says, I recently started listening to the MCU podcast via the DC On Screen podcast, and I am growing more as a fan. I had stepped away from Marvel for a bit, but hearing how much the two of you enjoyed the movies and shows reminded me of my enjoyment. Plus, listening to the reviews helped me see some of the expanded universe from a new perspective. Thank you both for all that you do, and please keep this boat sailing. Sincerely, Zach Champion. Hey, thank you, Zach. That is super kind of you. Um, it is. Yeah, um, I love that. And yeah, shout out to DC On Screen. Thanks for, uh, thanks for telling folks about the network and stuff. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, but seriously, thanks, Zach. Um, that is very I cool. I, I can now accept that your name is Champion because you are a champion. <laughs> oh, Even silly. if that's not your name, you're a champion in my heart. Champion in my heart. That's fair. Right? That's good. Yeah, that's good. Ben Dalberti said, hey, guys, me again. I've been spending a considerable amount of time <laughs> recently brushing up on my Marvel character knowledge, and I found something. In the comics, Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew, was trained by none other than Taskmaster. They could use this to introduce her in Black Widow, but unfortunately, there are too many things going against it. It would be a bit of a stretch to introduce her in a Black Widow standalone movie. I'll leave you to discuss the other reasons this wouldn't be possible. Until next time. Peace. <laughs> what if we want to say it is possible? You don't. You don't control us, Ben. Yeah, but it's not, though. I want to say how very possible it is. You know, all it would take was two big multinational conglomerates to agree to letting uh, a character come into the movie, and it would require uh, an actress and a team who's focusing on the final swan song of a beloved character to also insert a very seemingly unrelated ma a character into it so yeah totally possible i i don't know man there's I no precedent for that i'd say plausible I, i've never seen that happen on screen though before like i, I just don't think that it's been done it's what? unprecedented if you will <laughs> what what do you what are, are you saying are you saying it has been done are you is this a joke i can't tell what you're doing was there sarcasm? There seems like a lot of sarcasm. Where is there? Where has that happened? Oh, I don't know, man. It could have been Spider-Man. <laughs> no, we didn't lose a beloved character. Uh, Tony Stark. Not in, not in uh, the movie. He was introduced, <laughs> which is what the what I what I said. Spider-Man, uh, sure, they could introduce another character, but Endgame, even that, that's a great example. We had Infinity War and Endgame are this humongous, like, five-hour masterpiece, and they still knew better than introducing new characters. Yeah, they were like, nah. Like, we nah, got man. plenty to do. Um, and yeah. There's enough going on in all this. Yeah, plenty to do when you're doing the swan song for, uh, for Black Widow. So I think that, he, that, you know, he's right. Yeah, they... They should not bring that in. You're you're very right on that. Um, the other, like the the behind the scenes part that wouldn't make that really happen or work is that Spider Woman is tied up with Sony as far as rights go. Yeah, and That's Olivia Wilde, national corporations. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But Olivia Wilde recently has um, has been tapped to be the director for a Spider Woman movie in the Sony Spider universe. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's cool. You know, she just recently did um, Booksmart, I believe. Yep. And that's that was pretty damn good. I haven't for seen a it. First time for a first time director, um, it was pretty damn good. So. If we want to talk about great first time directors, let's talk about Elizabeth Henstridge. In her episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, let's do it. We already did that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I thought you wanted to do it more. I don't know. You said if we're going to do it, let's do it. I mean, I do. It was such a good episode, man. It was. It really was. Very complicated, very hard level of difficulty, and she nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's several reasons why Spider-Woman would not be able to be done like that and honestly spider-woman jessica drew probably probably won't show up um in the movies at all for a little bit or at least in the mcu at all for a little bit uh until sony and marvel can really hash out you know where they're going Mm. and that said she's gonna start in the same verse that um venom and carnage and morbius and Craven are going to be in. And I don't necessarily trust Sony's hand with that. I don't know that I want that. Yeah. I ah, mean, I want it to be so good and I want it to be so tied in, but I'm just worried. Yeah. Same. And Jessica drew has, uh, she's a good friend of Carol Danvers. If I recall correctly. And she's also the, uh, she's the one that got replaced by the queen of the scrolls Varenki during uh, secret invasion in the comics. So like, she's got a bit of history tied up with her character. Uh, that would be good to see come to screen if they wanted to just do the direct adaptation like that. Um, and I just don't think that, I don't think that they're there as far as the companies coming together, I don't think that they're there as far as that story being the thing. Yeah. I just don't see Spider-Woman happening yet. Yep. Agreed. We're, we're all three in agreement. We concur. Doctor. 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 I concur. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Abramowitz says, hi guys. Interesting theory. Braddock is almost certainly a reference to either Brian Braddock, who would go on to become Captain Britain, or his father, James Braddock. Either possibility would allow for the introduction of Captain Britain into the MCU proper at some point in the near future. Or Storm, it says, I missed it at the time. So Your thoughts? This, this is really interesting. This is I've got I've got the I've got the notes here. Apparently in Endgame, they recently updated on Disney Plus the captions for Endgame. And in the background of Endgame while uh, Steve is in, oh gosh, um, Peggy's office. Yeah. You can you can hear them chatting in the background. You can hear her talking to someone, but originally it's kind of inaudible, but they added captions to it. How weird is that? How weird is that that this is like something that is discovered now, what she said, you know? But anyway, she says, Braddock's unit has been stopped by lightning strikes. Uh, well, no, Peggy is told that. Uh, she says she'll look at the she'll look at the weather projections, um, and then it says it's not it's not lightning strikes we're looking at. Comes the reply. Huh. so like 
It looks like possibly a weather control person, and Braddock is probably Captain uh, Captain Britain. Captain, Captain Britain, yeah, or or Brian Britain, as he uh, Brian Braddock, as he says. So yeah, like, yeah, or either Brian Braddock or his father James Braddock. Yeah, like that's. Thank you for that uh, feedback, Steve. I hadn't heard about that, and that's really interesting. Man, and Captain Britain would be a almost a certainty after um after captain america has his time in the spotlight you know like other countries would be like well we want a captain yeah we want a captain of our own right and that you know that's why u.s agent became a thing you know when captain america went uh the way that he went yeah um they all want superheroes it's like a like a their own kind of cold war situation where like they're having this like we have superheroes too yeah, and Red Guardian was, you know, the Russian answer to that. Yeah. So, oh man, that absolutely tracks. Yeah, that's right. I want. Oh man, I want like a Red Guardian, Captain Britain movie set in that timeline, that time period. Oh, that would be so cool. What I want to see is a uh, a Captain Corps, like all the captains of all the various uh, nations around Earth have to come together to, you know, to to be a, a force to be reckoned with against like. Galactus or Annihilus or, you know, who, whatever huge galactic force or cosmic force. Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. That'd be so good. Can we name the episode, like this episode, Captain Core? Uh, Instead of like DCEU blots out the sun. <laughs> yeah, which is what we were planning to name it. And I think, I think we still spent way more time on DC, even though we had That's... plenty to talk about. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll be back next week. We, we have a lot more feedback still in the hopper here, and we're trying to get to all of it. Um, but that is about all we have time for this week. Uh, remember, it's the final week for the uh, contest uh, to win the Avengers game. We will be announcing it on the podcast on like probably Tuesday or Wednesday of this coming week. So it'll be right before it comes out. It will drop in the feed. Um, so keep an, eye, keep an ear out for that and uh, give us a review, five-star review on whatever service you have and uh we'll um we'll do that we'll uh, we'll give away a t-shirt for the week and another and the avengers video game so super pumped uh to give that away it's gonna be fun yeah um, man it's like like we've been taking reviews for that for like six or seven months and so it's just gonna be like a big rounding up all the all the reviews and giving one big uh one big randomized number it's exciting yeah man we uh we made that like we made that claim at the beginning of the year yeah. You know, before we knew that the world was going to go to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's, it's good to, uh, you know, finally make good on that, on yeah, that it was supposed promise. To, Cause this was supposed to come out around the same time black widow was supposed to come out and we we're supposed to do it then. And yeah. then black widow and it got pushed. Yeah. So it's being pushed to next Friday. Uh, one more time again. Um, I wanted to ask, can I be in that giveaway drawing? Oh, uh, let me think. Oh, let me look. Oh, I got to look. I, hold on. I got to look at the rules here. The, okay. The clearly written rules that we clearly established on the, uh, on the contest page. Um, mm-hmm. it says, no, it says, no, you can't. Oh, there's no Jeff's, <laughs> no Jeff, no Jeff Randall's allowed. No, just no Jeff's allowed. But you know what? Uh, we else we're supposed to mention at the end of this podcast. Cause the last one, speaking of, of month, Jeff's, speaking of Jeff's, the last one of the month, we always mention, Please go to strandedpanda.com slash Jeff to Jeff and learn how to do the Jeff to Jeff transfer. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you can give a Twitch Prime sub once a month to us. And it literally just gives us $2.50 of Amazon's money. 
Like that's yeah. legit what it does. So give me them have, Bezos bucks. <laughs> if you've been giving Amazon money every year uh, for like literally, you give them like whatever it is, eighty bucks every year, you can literally give two fifty two dollars and fifty cents a month back to us. <laughs> I was like one hundred and twenty recently. Ugh. Oh, is it that much now? See, I've got it Oof. like auto paying. I don't even think I've paid attention the last couple of years. So yeah, it's probably way more than that. But you can you can reclaim a little bit of that money and send it to your favorite podcasters right here. Uh, and if you've already done it, all you got to do is go to twitch.com and hit the subscribe button. You have to be in desktop view or go to jeffstrandedpanda.com slash jeff to jeff. And it's uh, how to send money from Jeff Bezos to Jeff Randall. And it uh, supports the network. <laughs> so we're, we, we, we try to we're, it's such a cool thing and it's such a like super rad way that you can actually send like money you're already giving to someone to a podcast that you like but we don't want to over mention it so we try to mention it once a month at the end of the month so if you haven't done it yet this month go do it um do it and it gives you a uh, certain bonus like emotes and stuff in twitch when you come to trivia and stuff which has been really fun lately super fun has been a lot of fun especially like even the the after trivia games uh what we what we affectionately refer to as stranded panda after dark yeah um that has been a real great time yeah dude i absolutely agree and and we're working on a whole bunch of things for the twitch channel um some music things some video game things we're probably going to be hopping on there with just me and jeff playing the avengers game which is going to be like super fun and rad Oh yeah, that really Avengers chatty. game that I'm definitely entered into the drawing for, yeah, right? Yeah, that one. Okay, good. <laughs> I just don't want to have to buy it. It's so expensive. It's going to be super funny if we do like a massive number generator and you actually do win because you're in the like <laughs> big list. Like I'm in the reviews somewhere. And I have to be like, sorry, Jeff, we have to hit the button again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, we'll talk soon, and uh, we love you very much. Love you three thousand. We'll be back uh, very soon, actually, because this one's again where we kind of let them drift a little late because we were trying to keep up with Shield, and so we're going to be moving kind of earlier next week again. So, be back soon, uh, and peace. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.